WebmasterRadio.fm. I am jealous. I'm officially jealous. Brandy has a fabulous theme song. I love it. There are no good songs about Susan that I'm aware of. Susan, looks like I'm losing. I'm losing my mind. I'm wasting my time. I have one of those weather widgets. It's had little raindrops on it for I don't even know how many days, right? I've gone to Fiji. I've gone to Washington, D.C. to see the cherry blossoms. I've gone to Fort Lauderdale. And every time I come back, my little widget has raindrops on it. I'm going to break it down. Break it down. It reminds me of Shrek. I love Shrek. I know you watch Shrek because you got some girls, right? They love that. What are you going to do when your girls are starting to do the stupid shit that you did when you were a kid? I have so many things to ask you. Um, Make an impact on your interactive marketing through performance, advertising, community outreach, and technology. Be captivated by the people who are leading the wave of change in the online marketplace. This is who AdTech is. Your weekly radio show. Get behind the scenes with industry giants. Be privy to the insider track. Witness the newest technologies. Make sure you're in the scene each week with AdTech Connect. You're connected now with your host. Hi, everybody. This is Susan Bratton. I'm the AdTech chair and your host of AdTech Connect. And I have three speakers on for you today. Uh, all three of them are going to be at AdTech Chicago, which is the next show we have coming up, July 24th and 25th. If you can't make that, you can always do London in September, Shanghai in October, New York in November. Pretty much any month you have time, we have an AdTech for you. So the theme of my show today, I, I got onto this little thing where I like to have a theme. I like to name everything. So it's, it, it follows suit that the show has to have a theme. And I was thinking about the people that we have on today and the connectivity between them. Now, they're all speakers on one single session. And that session is called Client Agency Tango. And our theme for this show is the tango because... The tango is, to me, an artful dance of seduction. It may be the sexiest kind of dancing that you can possibly do. And I think about the tango that a client does with their agency and the agency does with their client. I think about the tango as being representative of the seduction of the consumer by the marketer. And those are the things we're going to talk about today. Our first guest, Perry Goldshine, is the founder of SRB, like Sarah Robert Baker, SRB Marketing. And we're going to talk to Perry because he has an interesting angle on the agency business. He's really involved in sustainability, green and clean living and energy. And uh, he's devoted his whole business to working with companies that are in the sustainable living category. So we're gonna you're gonna learn something called LOHAS 
That's probably a new phrase for you, and it stands for Lifestyles of Health and Sustainability, and it's an entire movement. It's a, it's a psychographic segment that is unbelievably powerful and gaining momentum faster than I can believe. And so we're going to talk to Perry today about how damn smart he was to start a company to support that market and learn more about that market and, and its foundations. And then we're going to bring on Sib Roel. Sib is the founder of a, of a publishing company called Spalder and Norell Jefferson, and he co-publishes a magazine called Ode, O-D-E, Ode Magazine, and he is Perry's client. And the two of them are going to be co-presenting some of the work that they're doing in online marketing around this green and sustainable living market at the AdTech Chicago on our panel called Client Agency Tango. And then our third, but not last, speaker today is David Herscott. He's the president of MEA. I got a lot of three-letter abbreviations today, MEA Digital. And he's the author of a publication, a book called Marketing Mojo. And I love this book. Man, wait till we get into the depths of this. I think you're really going to enjoy hearing about what David does at MEA because he has some fascinating clients and about his book. And David is bringing Dr. David Simon to the client agency Tango panel at AdTech Chicago. And David Simon is um, uh, Chopra's partner. So it should be a really interesting combination. So we're going to get on with that. We're going to start by bringing Perry on this morning. Good morning, Perry. Good morning, Susan. How are you today? I'm doing great. Good. Have you done a podcast before? Have you done a live radio show before? Uh, No, actually, this is the first live. Great. Fantastic. Well, I'm pleased to have you, and I, I've been so impressed with the idea of your business. What if, I've done a little, little bit of a setup for you, but why don't you explain to our listeners uh, SRB Marketing's positioning? Uh, sure. Um, you know, as you mentioned, I guess the best acronym to use to describe it, which has been in the media as much as anything else, is that uh, uh, acronym LOHAS that you had, had explained stands for Lifestyles of Health and Sustainability. And that has actually, that was coined by uh, publishers and market researchers over 10 years ago and um, essentially combines not only elements of uh, sustainability um, and environmental issues, but also lifestyle issues and social responsibility, which also relates to the growing um, socially responsible investment sector uh, that some folks may be aware of. And there are various ways that it's been described. Some uh, folks refer to it as uh, at least the, the consumers that you're trying to reach in those segments as green consumers. Uh, some use uh, conscious consumers. Um, and essentially, you know, it's all uh, uh, you know, describing a very similar audience, overlapping audience. Now, I've heard that the Lohas market is somewhere about 64 million Americans who are willing to pay a premium of up to 20%, that's kind of the typical number, for products and services that are uh, environmentally and socially conscious, targeting around sustainability, things like that. Have you heard those numbers and that kind of a cut before on the segmentation? Yeah, that sounds, uh, that sounds about roughly right. And mm-hmm. um, uh, those, you know, that number sounds uh, large, and it is. And it it's also broken out in some regards. It's not all uh, you know, the one kind of consumer, but there's some core consumers even within that segment. And then there are some other consumers that um, would be considered a little bit more mainstream. But, yeah, those numbers that you identified are, uh, are about what, uh, what the researchers, market researchers involved in that segment are indicating. So about 30% of the market is 
LOHAS or sustainable or green or whatever you want to call them, right? And actually, I downloaded the white paper from your site, and you do, you do quite a bit of information about that. And another thing that this market is known as is the cultural creatives, and that came from this Yale-trained sociologist, Paul Ray. That's now, right. Would you recommend that book? Is that book a good read? Yeah, I think that book's a very good read. It, um, uh, Paul, uh, Paul Ray is coming from, you know, coming from the market at a slightly different angle as a sociologist, but it essentially gives you uh, both qualitative uh, and quantitative, a really good feel both qualitatively and quantitatively about the, uh, the market that uh, you know, people are describing you know, variously as low screen and uh, conscious consumers. So it, uh, I think it's very worthwhile if, uh, for people that have an interest in that market. And so how long ago did you start SRB Mark? What does SRB stand for, by the way? SRB stands for Socially Responsible Business. Ah, I knew it would stand for something good. <laughs> I'm glad I asked that. So what, what, is the, what was it that made you think, I'm going to base my entire business model on the SRB, the low-hash consumer? How, you get, did that scare the crap out of you, or did you just like totally know the time was right? Yeah, actually, it did scare the crap out of me, and uh, and I was in a way I you know, I feel lucky the time was right, and that people in the market appreciate our focus. But um, it this you know this has been a, an area that's been close to my heart, and I'm certainly considered probably one of the core Lojas consumers. I had done uh, consulting on alternative fuels and vehicles back in the early '90s uh, when I was living in uh, Northern California. And uh, after leaving that industry, I, I had been uh, looking for ways to get back into uh, areas of uh, working with sustainability, which I had left and drifted away from. And so uh, when I uh, thought about this and had, had the background in Internet marketing, and I felt like here are two industries that are Internet marketing, interactive marketing is growing in double digits still in some, uh, you know, in some important areas, and the, um, the low-hot industries that include things like organic products and socially responsible investing are also growing in double digits. And I looked at that and I said, this has got to work, and this is what I want to do. This is what's close to my heart and uh, what I'm most passionate about. And so I started the company and, um, and hope for the best. And uh, as with anything that you start up, it, uh, it took a little while to, to hold, but now uh, we're going full steam. I'm, I'm digging around. I have papers spread out all over my desk. Here's the one I wanted. Your clients have included working assets, which was kind of, I think, working assets was like the first green brand. Do you, do you think they kind of are synonymous with that? Yeah, I think uh, it seems like a lot of people, they've reached a lot of people, and they started, uh, I think, over 25 years ago. So you're right, they're probably one of the earlier of the brands in this kind of segment. And then, of course, the co- all the coffee, all the sustainable coffee. You have Green Mountain Coffee Roasters. That's one of your clients. Yeah. I know about Frey Vineyards. That's or- organic wines. And there are a lot of wineries getting on the organic bandwagon, or I guess I would call that uh, wheelbarrow. Um, some of these products and companies I don't know much about. The Wild Divine Project. That sounds fabulous. What's that? A Wild Divine is actually a, um, a type of video game, uh, for lack of a better description, but it's uh, a type of game that um, rather than uh, uh, killing people or, or trying to you know, uh, engage in sports or, or you know, drag races or whatever that you'd have in typical video game scenarios, it's a way for people to actually use a video game as a biofeedback tool that allows them to reduce stress 
teaches them how to, uh, how to breathe as if, as if you would breathe when you're meditating, and which helps them reduce stress and has an, uh, you know, a number of health benefits associated with it. You know, I've noticed that there's a massive growth in that health-related online video game category. Um, things that you, I, I was recently talking to someone who said that um, they have a new game that they're bringing out in the medical market that uh, cyber seniors can use to essentially exercise their brain in ways that combat the onset of Alzheimer's. So this, oh. this game you're talking about is, you know, breathing techniques, right? Right, right. It just helps. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's basically a deep relaxation and uh, a breathing, a biofeedback uh, game. I love it. Um, and there are a couple more I want to ask you about, and then I want to get into some of the other categories. What, it, what are companies like Equal Exchange, Tiferet, Tiferet? Oh, uh, Tiferet, right. Tiferet, what's that? That's actually a literary journal. Uh, okay. Uh, spiritual literary journal. And they are, um, they're, you know, uh, one of the smaller journals, not like a magazine, but reaches a very specific audience interested in that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, very interesting people. Actually, the, the lady that started that is also a copywriter and has a copywriting business. In that. That's great. And, and you've done work for Enlightenment Magazine. I see them on here. And we're going to have Sib Roel from Ode Magazine on uh, with you in a few minutes, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, so now, you, on your site, you, you, you do everything a normal agency does. Right, you do all of the, and, and you're very much a new media agency. I mean, I get that you're very good at search and lead gen and email marketing and all of those kinds of things. But one of the things that I noticed is that there's, um, you, there was an, uh, um, a press release about green. It's called Green Ads launches the first values based ad network. Tell us about Green Ads. Uh, sure. Uh, that was actually uh, a, an ad network, uh, a niche ad network that we had started last year. And um, we had, uh, we liked the idea a lot. We thought it was related to what we're doing. And we launched that ad network, had a lot of good publishers that started with us, a lot of people that we knew, some that we had uh, didn't know but had uh, contacted and um, gotten on board with the idea. And it's similar. I don't know. Some, uh, you know, blogs have gotten a lot of uh, uh, press and a lot of uh, hoopla over the last year or two, as most people in, in our industry know. And, and there's a, um, uh, a similar ad network that we kind of thought it might work in a similar vein to, which was blogads.com. Yeah, like changetheworld.com. World, world changing. That's one of the biggest ones, right? Uh, actually, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not as familiar with uh, with that. But, yeah, essentially, if, if, if those are uh, uh, like the, the, the green ads or the blog ads, it's a, it's a niche ad network that you would find publishers you, not, you, know, you might not find in, in other ad nets, uh, larger ad networks, and that are all uh, in that um, uh, sustainability, um, uh, health and wellness, uh, spirituality, uh, and social and economic justice categories. Those are the, you know, kind of basically the categories that we, we address with the clients that we work with. And um, you know, and we set it up, and we uh, and we got it uh, going, and we really liked, um, you know, the idea. It really justified it's it's a whole other business, and and we're a small firm, so we've actually paused that uh, uh, green ads for now, just uh, last week, and um, and we'll look to restart it when we uh, catch up with the agency side of things. So if there's a company out there, an ad network out there, that wants to do a joint venture with you and run the infrastructure and have you help them learn that business, that might be a good opportunity, right? Yeah, that actually might be, exactly. So the time is here. The market is 
available. You just don't personally have the bandwidth because you're busy running SRB. Yeah, the um, the agency side really took took off on us during you know during that time, and it was right. just a matter of years. You know, we've been. You had asked earlier when we started. I started it in 2003, and so we've been around for three years. And things had started to pick up last year as we were thinking about launching Green Ads, and then for a variety of reasons, we chose to move forward with that. But um, and I'm uh, you know I'm growing the uh, the company organically. We haven't looked for funding and. and for a variety of reasons, and no pun intended, by, by the way. Right, uh, I know, I know, I know. I just think I, it'll I, be I better for the company that. and for the folks working here. So, And um, you also promote in your marketing green web portal advertising. So I don't think that our audience has really ever thought about the fact that there are green portals out there. Can you enlighten us on some of the sites that you consider to be green portals? Sure. There are actually, um, it's amazing, uh, you know, how many um, both websites and, and people reaching uh, audiences through email, newsletters, and blogs uh, that will specialize on these uh, segments, and I imagine it works the same in any niche. But um, the largest green web portal uh, that I'm aware of is a, a website called CARE2, C-A-R-E, uh, numeral 2.com, and they, are, they have uh, some 5 million members now, and they do... Uh, a lot of interesting things, uh, you know. They're they're a standard, you know, uh, niche portal, and and they reach a fair amount of people. So that would be one example. Uh, another example on the spiritual side, which is again somewhat of a segment that we cover, is Beliefnet. dot uh, com. Oh right, of course. And they also reach a, a similar uh, size audience, somewhere in the I think the three to five million uh, uh, range, mm-hmm. and uh, with a similar, uh, you know. Uh, Types of information, you know, at least organizing their information in a similar uh, similar way, with a number of email lo- newsletters, blogs, and so forth. And so, really, um, I, we should probably get Sib Roel on the line because what I'd like to do is also um, I'd also like to talk about the way you find these customers for your clients, um, all of the different types of ads and marketing programs that you do. And uh, we can talk more about Ode Magazine. Um, Before we close off on SRB marketing specifically and we bring Sib on, can you tell me if there are any clients that you'd love to have that are not currently on your roster? Any brands that you think you could just totally help? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I guess lots of those. Um, I get Whole Foods is probably the, the Walmart of our of our business. Got and, it. Okay. Uh, Whole Foods. That's a they, perfect. Yeah, sure, one. they would be at the top. Uh, yep. Uh, uh, who else? We'd love to help uh, some of the folks, the car companies like Toyota, that are really putting a lot of uh, what we consider sincere effort into um, promoting and getting more hybrid vehicles on the road. Toyota and Lexus, of course. Apparently, you'll, this year you'll be able to buy all Lexus models with a hybrid engine. Oh, is that right? Right. Yeah, I know that they had a number of models in both their, the main Toyota brand and in their luxury brands that they were coming yep. out with. Yeah, not just the Prius anymore. Not just the Prius. Yep, it's com- they're coming out with uh, a hybrid, or uh, they already have out a hybrid Civic. They're going to come out, or may already be out with the hybrid Camry, and then, of course, they have uh, a couple of one or two SUVs that they're coming out with. I think the, that's the Lexus SUV, yeah. uh, I believe, is the one that uh, is going to be hybrid as well. Yep, that's out. And they've they've led in that area, and we've you know we appreciate that. And, uh, one of the few uh, Fortune 500 companies that we feel are really uh, trying to make a difference in that regard. Who who 
else would be a really good client for you? I thought those two, you nailed it with Toyota, Toyota slash Lexus and Whole Foods. Any other ones? Uh, well, let's see. Why don't I pull up my uh, client wish list here? <laughs> uh, there's a company, Avita Corporation, we don't yet work with. We love to work with them. Yep, a certainly care, a sustainable company. Sure, there's, uh, there's Calvert, a uh, socially responsible investment firm. I think they're a leader in that area. Okay. Uh, Cliff, Cliff Bar is uh, really a green company. Uh, they make yeah. that, uh, one of those energy bars yep. uh, that people know about in uh, most places. Um, those are some. Uh, who else that the, the, most of the audience would know uh, that we feel good about? Patagonia, another yep. great company. And, in fact, you were talking about LOHAS, and the LOHAS 10th Annual Conference was just last month at the end of April. And uh, the, Patag- the former Patagonia CEO, and his name uh, slips my mind now, but he was just uh, took on a position with it's Steve Eve Case. Chouinard. I'm sorry? Isn't oh, that's it the Eve founder. That's Chouinard? Uh, right. I think that's the founder. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think Michael Cook is the, was uh, his CEO until recently, and, and Steve Case, who had found, you know, AOL's founder, had started a company in the Lojas uh, area uh, called Revolution, and he just took on uh, Michael Cook uh, as his new CEO. And he, uh, he had just spoken. They had both spoken at Lojas, both Steve Case and Michael Cook. Now, what is Revolution? Because the Steve Case company that I'm aware of is the new cable channel called Green or Lime. Lime. It's green with a twist. It's like a do-it-yourself home, you know, channel, but it's all green. That's right. And, uh, in fact, wow, you did your homework or, or just know this area, but that's uh, a company that uh, Steve actually had, uh, uh, Steve, Steve Case's company had acquired that used to be known as Wisdom Media. And they have a uh, Dish Network uh, satellite channel, and they had uh, also uh, radio and uh, Internet, uh, uh, I think, yeah, Internet properties uh, before that, and uh, Steve's company bought them out, and they now rebranded them uh, Lime, and uh, I believe it's still on Dish Network, and, and they're looking to, to ramp up that effort. But I think that's a great thing because there was not, nobody else reaching the market that the way that uh, they were and uh, Wisdom Media was, and I think Lime has taken over, and, and if they do a good job, I think they, they've got a lot of opportunity to grow. Well, and it's funny, I just, I'm sensitive to this because I'm on the board of a company that isn't launched yet that's launching a green portal. So I, re- I really have learned a lot about the low house market and this opportunity. So I think my eye is tuned to seeing these things, but I saw a billboard. I think I was on Highway 101 here in California. It runs from Silicon Valley to San Francisco right through the Bay Area. And uh, I saw a billboard for Sun computer equipment at Sun Microsystems, and it was about a server that had some technology, some, some, something threaded, that uh, was supposed to use like considerably less power, and therefore their angle was green, like the low energy thing was the green way to buy. So you should buy their server because you're going to reduce your impact on the universe. Right, right. Isn't that something? So many different folks are now getting into that angle. Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, you heard it here first. If you don't jump on that bandwagon now as a marketer of any product or service, you're just, it's going to become trite very quickly. Um, have you seen the, um, I forget when it's launching. I think it's May 26th, and I don't even know what today is, the 25th, so maybe it's launching tomorrow. Have you heard about the new movie coming out, An Inconvenient Truth? Uh, is that, the, is that, 
I'm trying to remember if that's Al Gore's movie. That's Al Gore's movie. Exactly. Yeah, sure. That's gotten a lot of. Uh, luckily, that's gotten a lot of press. Ex- oh my God, it's going to be so fantastic. So, uh, it's a documentary done by Lawrence Bender. And Larry Bender's the guy that produced all the Kill Bills and Pulp Fiction and all the Quentin Tarantino movies. And so Al Gore went all over the world for, he did like over a thousand speaking engagements on the issue of the climate crisis, a.k.a. global warming, which is a phrase I don't like because, you know, it sounds really nice that we're going to warm up the universe, but in reality we're totally messing it up by doing that. So he says, let's call it the climate crisis, which is what it is, call spade a spade. He used all of the money he got from that tour to fund this movie that he had Larry Bender produce for him called An Inconvenient Truth. And it's a documentary, but it's the most heart... I I got to see a preview of it. I was very lucky. It's the most heartfelt documentary that you could possibly imagine around an issue that doesn't get enough play and is something that every single one of us could have a positive impact around, which is reducing the, you know, the carbon dioxide emissions that we create and all of the things that we do in our mass consumer lives. And uh, that all sounds, I, I wish there was a better way to explain to people what it was, but I think the movie comes out tomorrow. It's called An Inconvenient Truth. And I, I would just recommend that, you know, is, if you're listening to this show, you're in the marketing industry somewhere. And this issue is going to drive that low-hoff market to the next level. And, it, and, you know, at its barest root, that's an opportunity for all marketers. <laughs> and it's a, and, it's, and if it, it makes you feel good while you're doing it, which is even better, right? Yep, exactly. That's great. Yeah. And so I just, I just think that, Perry, you are in the catbird seat. I think you should put everything you have against the, your opportunity because I, I just think you could totally have Whole Foods, Toyota, Lexus, Aveda, Calvert, Cliff Bar, Patagonia as your customers because it sounds like you're doing an awesome job nailing the psyche of the low-house consumer. So um, good luck to you on that. And uh, we couldn't get Sib on the phone, so we uh, we tried for the last few minutes behind the scenes, and um, we're going to have to take our leave with you now. And I uh, would be happy to get you and Sib back on the uh, show at a later date when we can get him by his desk. He must have gotten called away, and we're going to go on to our next customer. So thank you so much for being on the line today. Okay, yeah, thank you, Susan. Sorry we couldn't get Sib on right now. No worries, Perry. We will all see you at AdTech Chicago on the Client Agency Tango show, our session. And uh, we will be back after this break with David Herscott of MEA Digital. Stay tuned. Sit tight and don't move. AdTech Connect. We'll be right back. Did you know about one out of five visitors are immediately bouncing off your site? Now, monetize this bouncing traffic with StopBounce.com. Log on to StopBounce.com today and discover how easy it is to generate revenue from this previously untapped source. All while enhancing user experience. Earn money for each visitor leaving your site now with StopBounce.com. Turn lost opportunities into found profits. It's no secret. Linking with relevant sites is a dynamic way to enhance site traffic. Avoid using unethical practices to promote your website. Obtain quality, relevant links with linksmanager.com. Since 1999, linksmanager.com has been the leading choice for managing link campaigns by thousands of websites. 
competitor-based link management software makes relevant link exchange ethical, fast, and easy. No software to install. Free unlimited support. Try linksmanager.com free for 30 days. Accept no limitations. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. Katie Kempner. Katie Kempner. May I have your attention, please? Katie Kempner. Katie Kempner. Katie Kempner. Just a little bit about the hook. do with the hook is to give you the chance to hear what my friends and colleagues are thinking about doing and doing and doing people in the marketing pr advertising industries right on the forefront and including people that cover these industries so what i'd like to do is what i'd like to do is what i'd like to do is help you make your job easier what i'd like to do is what i'd like to do is what i'd like to do is join me each week to a two two o'clock on two tuesdays tuesday intersection of advertising and pr katie is on the real katie yo you want the slim katie so just demonstrating so what the real slim katie please stand up please stand up please stand up because i'm slim katie yes i'm the real katie yo you want the slim katie so just demonstrating so what the real slim katie please stand up please stand up please stand up right here right here right here right here right here right here on webmasterradio.fm on the now, back to AdTech Connect, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back. This is Susan Bratt. Hey, I want to let you know about some things that are coming up. Uh, next week, on June 1st, I have Laura Lee Albin of Albin Designs on the show. She's our keynote for Chicago, and uh, she is going to walk us through creative flow and how you can bring back creativity into your professional life, some of the tips and tricks that you can use to establish and maintain and foster your creativity. And joining us will be Duran Wesley. He just left the IAB and took a role at Millward Brown doing great research for our marketplace. So we're going to get the inside scoop on what's happening with Duran. Then on June 8th, we're doing a special on media innovation. We have Mark Steffens, a long-time media maven. He's currently with Avenue A Razorfish. And we have Tom Hespos from Underscore Marketing on the line. And those two are going to talk to us about what's really happening in media behind the scenes. And I think that's going to be a great show. After that, we're going to have some big brands on. June 15th, we'll start out with Coca-Cola, and we'll announce the next brands on our next show. Got to keep something in surprise. I'm also doing a wrap-up show for AdTech San Francisco, Tuesday, May 30th, at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. But, of course, you should just go to Webmaster and subscribe or to iTunes and subscribe. It's free, and we'll just download them to your iPod or your MP3 for you. How about that? That wrap-up is going to be my synthesis of all the press that was fit to release at AdTech San Francisco. There were tons of companies releasing information, some of it ridiculous, some of it innovative, some of it just total bullshit. And we're going to talk about what all those releases were, and we're going to have some companies on, including Boya Broadcasting Group, Expert Click, iCrossing, 
Conterra, Fido, Poindexter, ValueClick, Blue Lithium. We're going to do some short bursts with some of these companies and hear about what they launched, why they did it. So I hope you'll join us for that because there's no way if you were anything but superhuman, you could have covered all the activity at the show. So let's get on the line with David Herscott. Next up, David, president of MEA Digital and author of Marketing Mojo, brand building in an age of consumer control. Welcome, David. Thanks, Susan. How are you, man? I'm good. How you been? Good. you get some surfing in this morning before you came to work? You know, when I moved to San Diego about six years ago, I, I thought, wow, I'm going to change my life and I'm going to live outdoors and surf and do yoga and meditate. And you know what? I'm working more than ever. <laughs> Well, but you're doing your yoga, aren't you? Yeah, actually, um, I do squeeze that in. Um, and actually, I surf occasionally, too. But uh, Not you know, this morning. It's, it's amazing how, uh, you know, the industry's hot again, and it's keeping me busy, thank God. Yeah, man, I know. And you're, you've been busy at MEA. So now, I, I've been very impressed with you. I've gotten to know you over the last couple of years because you've been a constant speaker at AdTech because you have the uncanny ability to bring really interesting speakers with you. Your client list is un. Unbelievable. So let's talk about what you're going to do at AdTech Chicago on Client Agency Tango. Let's start with that, and then we'll get into MEA Digital a little deeper. But talk about who you're bringing, and then let's talk about some of your other clients. Uh, sure. Well, um, at AdTech Chicago, we're um, going to be speaking at the Client Agency Tango with uh, Chopra. Um, most people have heard of Deepak Chopra. He's written over 20 books and published, uh, I think, over 30 million copies. And um, he is the, the guru for mind-body medicine. And we're going to talk about what Chopra is doing online to, uh, to build their brand. And you're bringing Dr. David Simon with you. He's like the, he's Deepak's right-hand man, right? He is. And, uh, and Dr. Simon has written a number of books himself. Uh, actually just released a book uh, about a week ago uh, called The Ten Commitments. And uh, it talks a lot about... Uh, conscious living and conscious communication and how that can uh, change people's lives. I'd love to hear more about that. And uh, let's save that for the end if we have time, because I really want to focus on your book on this session today. But um, what you're going to be talking about in Client Agency Tango is how you help them market Chopra.com. Is that right? Is that the, that's the, the, the bulk of your work for the Chopra organization? It is. And what's fascinating to me is you know, there are a lot of individuals who've built themselves into brands. So Oprah is a brand, Martha Stewart is a brand, Donald Trump is a brand, Michael Jordan is a brand, on and on and on. And Deepak Chopra has really become a brand. Um, and it's not just about his books anymore. It's about a whole way of thinking and a way of living. And what we wanted to do is bring that perspective and that philosophy to the web. And so, you know, we're going to talk about, it's a great case study about how we not only built them sort of a, virtual world where people can buy product and interact with Deepak um, and, and read you know, excerpts from his book, and, and there, there's video on the site, but we're also going to talk about marketing um, Deepak as a brand online. Neat. I w I'd like to hear more about that. And that really, it, list, your, list some of your clients before we get into Marketing Mojo, because I want to spend my most, most of my time to you, with you today about that, but talk about some of the companies you, you work with. Sure. Well, um, AdTech has been very gracious in having us uh, speak a number of times. Um, we do a lot of work with Toshiba, uh, Oakley, uh, Chopra Center, obviously, um, Mitsubishi Electronics. Um, I think those are the, the major brands that we've brought with us to Callaway, to, to Callaway Golf, uh, which uh, 
we're hoping to, uh, to to bring to AdTech in the near future. Yeah, you're gonna you're bringing Callaway to AdTech New York because you've done some really interesting work in video for them. What, what, t- tell us a little bit about that. What are appetites for that too? Okay, um, the site's not even live yet, but it should be in the next month or so. Ooh, I uh, like it. We heard it here we, first, huh? Yeah, this is it's, it's actually really exciting. Um, the, the client uh, at Callaway actually was initially their idea, um, and we've fleshed it out with them. The concept is to, to do an online reality show about golf and about trying to make it on the PGA Tour. For people who are into golf, um, you know, golfing is super competitive. There are a lot of people who, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, country club pros and people who are trying to make it on the PGA Tour who are really, you know, struggling in the minor leagues, so to speak. And so what we've developed is a show, an online show, called The Grind. And what The Grind is going to do is it's going to follow uh, four professionals around who are trying to make it uh, on the PGA Tour. And it's going to be an inside look. Um, And so it's really going to be a video blog, if you will. Or a vlog. Uh, I've heard people calling those vlogs now. Yeah, vlogs. I don't like that word. uh, Do you? It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a vlog slash mo mo blog. Right. Okay. Yep. So um yeah, it, it yep. should be pretty cool. And we, we actually have hired a writer uh, from a golf magazine who's gonna follow these guys around um, and ask them about their personal life and who they're dating and what they're eating and uh, everything uh, in addition to golf. So is the grind a golf term? Because I play golf, albeit unbelievably badly. <laughs> I like to blow my ball into the hole if it doesn't go, but, you know, that, that's beer-induced entirely. But is the grind, <laughs> is that a golf term? Um, I don't know that insiders would necessarily say it's a, gro- a golf term, but I think anybody who, who is trying to, you know, make a living out of a, you know, in a professional sport would, would relate to, uh, you know, it's a grind. It's a grind trying to make it. Got it. So that's your reference. Yeah. And how funny is it that you, you said in almost one, you said in a small paragraph the following words, the grind, vlog, moblog. It's almost like you're speaking Norwegian or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like this entirely new language has come out of all this technology, and some of the words are getting freakish. I've, I've been listening to your show. That's why I'm picking it up. Yeah, baby, picking up the lang, digital marketing language. <laughs> no, you, know what's, you know what's funny? You know, you know my wife, Donna, and, and she's a physician, and what's amazing to me is I'll go home and talk about work, and it's like a whole new language to her. It really is. Um, and she's a and doctor, picking up, so picking she's up got a lingo, few words you know, of her own. Every month, there's, every month there's new stuff. So I love it. Now, one of the things that I have been so impressed with you about is that you – you were, you started out on what I would call the manufacturing side with MP3.com, CDNow, PointCast. Um, you know, I, I, that's kind of like the web the web manufacturing business where you know it was websites and you were providing services. You know, and then you went to um, uh, modem, right? Yeah. And <clears throat> think for me, like just go back in time to that that point where you left the web manufacturing world, the client side, and you moved into agency land, and your first week on the job, it, the culture just slapped you upside the head, and you were, you were really feeling incredibly observant about how different it was. What were those things? Can you remember? That, that's a great question. Um, what I remember most is that it was just a really exciting time. Uh, you'll remember, I mean, the the mid '90s, you know, '94, '95, when every when the, when the commercial web explosion really took hold. Um, 
you know, it, it was so exciting. I, I think before I really um, was sort of slapped in the face by agency life, which is very different than working uh, for, for, for an advertiser so what or was for an Internet slapped, brand. What, what was it that um, slapped I, I think you in the face? to me was, you know, I remember when I was at Modem, um, you know, my, my boss placed the very first banner ad, and there are probably half a dozen people that will tell you that story, but I think actually John Nardone did, and, and you know John. I know John. And, um, and it was just so, it was so exciting. It was like, wow, it was like this whole new world was exploding for advertisers. And from a cultural perspective, what was the difference between working at MP3 and CD Now and Pointcast and then going to work at a BBDO or a modem? Um, I, you know, I think the, the biggest difference for me is when I worked at um, CD Now and particularly at MP3, that it was, a, it was a technology-driven culture. It was all about the code and about building web products. Um, you know, one of the things that we did at MP3 was we launched a music locker. And, um, you know, I know that your husband, Tim, obviously understands the space better than almost anybody, but that was just really exciting. It was all about the technology, and engineers really drove the business. I think the biggest difference when I went to Modem was that it was really about marketing strategy. And it wasn't so much about, you know, yeah, we're in the Internet space, and we help brands, you know, understand what's going on online. But first and foremost, it was about marketing strategy and understanding what, you know, what were the advertisers' objectives and how are we going to, you know, meet those objectives, you know, using um, uh, web technology. In a way, all of the things that you learned about marketing strategy at BBDO and at Modem that you brought when you founded MEA Digital, because MEA was a traditional agency before you got there, and you launched MEA Digital for them, right? Correct, correct. Um, you really distilled all that learning from your agency life into your book. That's what it feels like to me. Like one of the things that I love about your book, I love a book with checklists. I think <laughs> this is my little German girl thing or something where I just like my checklists. But I, you have a Mojo Roadmap. Who doesn't want a Mojo Roadmap? So tell us about your book and then we'll get into things like your Mojo Roadmap. Um, well, like you said, the, the book really came out of my experience working um, with with dot coms, uh, with traditional agencies, and then and then at and modem at, at an interactive agency. And so the book is really primarily about understanding as 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 an advertiser how you can connect with people because people are moving they're moving so fast. You know, everyone's talking about the third screen now, and I'm not totally sold on mobile mobile marketing, but you know. We have TiVo, and we have satellite radio, and we have all these things at our disposal, and we have complete control. And, you know, I, at, um, at AdTech San Francisco, I thought one of the most interesting sessions was um, the one that Rich LaFerge was in, and they talked about time shifting. And so this book, I think, is approaching that same, or trying to uncover that, that, that same issue, which is, you know, consumers have control over their media consumption. Their cha- you know, time, the, the time that they're spending with media is changing because they have control whether it's on the web or whether it's through TiVo. And so how can advertisers really connect with, with their consumers? And, and that's fundamentally what the book is about. And, and, and the checklist, you know, checklist, people like that because it's, you know, it's actionable and, and, and there are takeaways from that. But I didn't want the book to be too boring and too dry, and so we actually start the book, start, we start the, we started the book with a few jokes. So <laughs> hopefully yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting read as well as informative. Well, and you also walk people through coming up with their own mojo formula. So maybe what we should do is define what you mean by mojo and then talk a little bit about the, the, the pillars, the foundation, the formula 
so people understand that you're kind of getting, you're, you're leading them through the thought process of their brand in today's kind of fractured media environment. Um, exactly. There, there are sort of four pillars, or, or the, the central premise of the book is focused on unification, differentiation, motivation, and communication. And what we do is we actually take people step-by-step step through understanding what their brand currently stands for, how they're going to differentiate themselves in the marketplace, both online and offline, and then how to use these four pillars, how to unify all of your messages across media, um, multi-channel, if you will, how to differentiate yourself, how to motivate your customers to take some type of action, and how you're going to communicate that. And when we talk about communication, we actually talk about specific you know, specific tactics, if you will. We talk about um, online tactics as well as, um, as, as traditional media. And one of the things that I liked about your book is that you actually walk people through how to develop a strategic brief. I mean, that's kind of one of those ad agency fundamentals, but I've read a million marketing books, and I've never seen in any of those books the fundamental things like how to write a strategic brief. Um, y- y- what amazes me is even at big companies and even large agencies, that the, the, either the lack of sophistication or the, the lack of emphasis on, on writing creative briefs. They're, they're, so, they're so critical because what you're really doing is you're synthesizing all this information and research um, about your brand, your competitors, um, the marketplace, and you're really trying to synthesize that down into one salient point or one insight because you know, the reality is, is that consumers are bombarded by messages, right? And um, ideally, you know, great creative really needs to do one thing and one thing really well, which is communicate something that's unique about your product or service. Um, and, and that's why we focus so much, so much of what, what Mo- Marketing Mojo is about is getting internal consensus within the organization about what should be in the brief and really, you know, going through and... Um, and playing devil's advocate and really picking through the brief um, and making sure that everybody's on board. Where did the word mojo come from, and what does it really mean? Um, I'm a big Austin Powers fan. Yeah. That's, <laughs> That's the only thing from. I know about it. And, and does it annoy you when people say marketing mojo, or do you just <laughs> laugh every time we do that? Uh, no, I love it. You know, I mean, that's... Um, you know that I'm a, as I said, I'm a big Austin Powers fan. That's where it comes from. But I think mojo is that special something... Um, about a brand, and, 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 and I think the initial idea for the book was what is, what is it that Coca-Cola and Nike and Target and certain brands do? Um, you know, yeah, they spend you know a half a billion dollars on advertising, and um, they hire the most talented people. But what is it about their brand that's so special? What's so special about the iPod brand right now that's just got everyone talking? Um, and how do you how do you pinpoint that that certain something? Um, and so what we tried to do is we tried to apply a process to it, which is how do you come up with the best ideas and how do you communicate those ideas to, to the rest of the world. And uh, I, I just looked up di- in dictionary.com, of course, what mojo, how oh, it's actually. Hey, <laughs> Yeah! <laughs> I love that. Oh, we, we need another one of those. Can we have some more mojo? Mark, more mojo, please. Do I make you horny, baby? <laughs> <laughs> so... Mojo is a magic charm or spell. It's an amulet, often a small flannel bag containing one or more magic items worn by adherents of hoodoo or voodoo, or it's this one, which is what you're all about. 
personal magnetism and charm. I'm blushing. No, no <laughs> that's, that's what Mojo is all about for brands. Brands have to have that, that je ne sais quoi, that something, that something special. Exactly. Um, and, and it's not just about, you know, B2C marketing. I mean, B2B marketers can do it too. Um, there's, uh, when you look at any industry or any category, there's some brand that's just doing it right, and that's what Mojo is about. It's about doing it right. And you talk in the book about traditional mojo, which sounds really boring. I don't want any of that. And new media mojo, which sounds much more interesting. What is the difference? I, I can't believe that I'm asking this question. What's the difference between traditional and new media mojo, David? <laughs> well, the answer isn't um, as sexy as, it, as, it, as you might think. Um, you know, again, <laughs> it, again, it goes back to strategy. And we, you know, we call ourselves a media agnostic agency. Um, and what does that mean? That means that, you know, best idea wins. And so, you know, whatever, whatever comes out of the strategy or the brief, you know, if it makes sense to do a print ad, you know, let's do that. If it makes sense to do a viral campaign, let's do that. If it makes sense to do, you know, behavioral targeting, let's do that. Um, and so the tactics really fall out of the strategy. And I think that's where, you know, a lot of companies kind of lose the mojo is because they get so caught up in, you know what, we need to have a blog. You know what, not every company needs to have a blog. Yeah. So it really, it's really based on staying true to, um, I think, the vision for the, for the business and or the product. Would you be willing to do a workshop for us on how, you know, the writing a strategic brief and going through the Mojo checklist and describing it? I would love to, and I think actually that would be a, that would be a great session because um, even for people who are, you know, sophisticated, you know, marketers, I think it's a uh, sort of a good refresh, I think, for, for everyone to to go through that process. Well, and also, I, I just have always felt like um, the new media industry or the digital marketing industry didn't really ever get rooted in all the traditional advertising and marketing disciplines. And we went out and we rewrote the rules. And for 10 years, we kind of eschewed like the old style of stuff. And, you know, it was a downer. <laughs> but now I think we have a lot of 25-year-olds back in our industry who don't really know new media yet. And they don't come from traditional. And we're, we're missing an opportunity to train our market on all of these fundamentals. And, and I, I really look at your book as even though it's about brand building now in the age of consumer control, it's everything that you have in your book is based on all the fundamentals you learned in your agency life and in some of the more traditional parts of your agency life. And I just think, I don't know, do you agree with me when you hire new people and you're interviewing people? Do you, do you feel like they, they've gotten that discipline or that you have to teach them that? That's such a good point. Um, it, you know, everything old is new again. Uh, and... What was really interesting to me is my very first job out of college, I worked at BBDO, and it was like a classic sort of, you know, advertising 101. They actually have a training program for, for new hires. And, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about doing um, strategic and creative briefs and the account planning process. And there was a whole department of account planners. And even today in some of the best interactive shops, there aren't, sometimes they actually don't have, you know, account planners who are dedicated to a, to a, to a piece of business or you know, to a couple of different clients. And I think that that's so critical because without the fundamentals, you know, how do you know what you're doing, you know, makes sense? And, 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 and I do think that um, while the younger folks that we're hiring in our agency are super savvy, they're text messaging, they have their own MySpace account, you know, um, a lot of them are on Facebook, you know, they're, 
they, they get the technology and they're comfortable in the medium more so than maybe people who are, you know, 30, 40, 50. Um, they don't have that um, understanding of strategy and, and, and account planning like, like I think we, you know, we used to when we started out. So you're out to teach them all, and you've got to come to AdTech New York and do that. Can I talk into doing two things in AdTech New York? <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. I'm not working you too hard? No, no, I'd love it. I'd love to. All right, good. But you know what? I don't want to um, – I, I think I, I'm still a relatively young guy, but as I get older, I don't want to lose touch with what's new and cool, and I know that you really have an interest and a fascination in kind of the latest, greatest you know, communication technologies out there. Um, I was just listening to your, your show from last week, and um, – I, I think for me, you know, part of it is, you know, being strategic but also staying on top of what's going on. And um, our agency right now is really, really focused on behavioral targeting for our clients because I think there's a lot of opportunity there. So I think that's, from a technology perspective, where we're focusing our attention. Didn't you just start some new division of your business or something like that? What's there something new that's going on around that? What is it? <laughs> um, there, there is. We're actually testing a lot of, uh, for, for clients, we're testing a lot of campaigns. You know, there's a lot of buzz, and anyone who was at, at Tech San Francisco saw all the, you know, the, the performance media stuff out there. What we're doing is we're taking a look at how, how to combine search and behavioral targeting um, to, do, to do more effective lead generation for direct marketers. Um, and so, you know, that's really how we've been you know, researching and, and understanding um, uh, behavioral stuff. Give me a very specific example of how you combined search and BT and what the outcome was that was better. Okay. Uh, we just completed a test for uh, our Oakley client less than a month ago uh, where they actually, um, we, we, we chose to do the test with advertising.com, and a lot of people know advertising.com is one of the largest ad networks. They have a number of behavioral um, targeting products. Uh, one is a product called Search Lead, pa- Search Lead Back, and another one is called uh, Advertiser Lead Back or Retargeting. And so what we're able to do is we're able to track, we're able to track consumers who've been to the Oakley site before. We're also able to track people who have um, done a search uh, and clicked on an Oakley link within Google AdWords, for example. Um, and then what we're able to do is on either one of those behaviors, um, either a visit to the Oakley site or clicking on um, uh, an AdWords link, um, we're actually able to serve that consumer a banner ad within the ad.com network and try to bring them back to the Oakley site to make a purchase. And what we're doing is we're, trying to, we're, we're taking a look at conversion data. So we're taking a look at how, you know, how, how effective is lead back uh, bringing people back um, via a banner ad if they've been to the site, and how effective is it when we serve a banner ad from somebody who's actually clicked on a, uh, an AdWords link, um, and, and, and how effective is it, you know, uh, how effectively are we converting those people into a uh, buying product? Got it. So what you're really doing is you're merging your search, your search cookieing with your ad banner cookieing and putting a special offer in front of someone you've seen multiple times. Exactly, and what we're testing right now is we're testing dynamic landing pages yeah. based on their um, whatever their action was before. So, based on um, where they went to, like if they went to a certain product page within the Oakley site, or um, what Google ad were that they actually clicked on. And so that's the next step in this test is to test um, you know highly targeted landing pages once they clicked through on the banner ad. 
Wow. You, that, that's a very well thought out and impressive <laughs> strategy. I, I'm hearing a lot about it right now, and there's no name for it. Could you give that concept a name for me today? <laughs> On the spot? <laughs> I know you can. <laughs> uh, it's what do you call probably, it? Um, I don't know, uh, consumer behavior lead back or something like that. Lead back? How about track back? Tra- I like track back. When you, were, well, you were saying a bunch of words, and I was kind of following your path, and I was also hearing the words, uh-huh. and I was thinking, what the hell do you call this stuff? I mean, it's like munging two pieces of data. It's cooking them both. It's tracking it across all the stuff they're back. doing. And then there's that dynamic serving. So track back is good, but it doesn't really get to what you're doing, which is you're serving a custom offer on a dynamic landing page to a person that you've identified through the way they've trafficked the web as hitting you in two different places, at least two different places, right? Exactly. So We're what trying to bring them back. They've shown, they've shown interest, obviously. Right. They've shown interest by doing a search, and they've shown interest because they've actually been to the site before. And we want to try to convert that interest into a sale. Is there any kind of a thing? I'm thinking about a map, like an actual map, like a map of a place or you know, something you'd see on MapQuest where it's like you, there are two points and there's a path to get there. Is there anything we could do with that? I mean, this thing, everybody's doing it, and it doesn't have a name yet. I know. And you know what's really interesting to me is what, if, you, if you've read the recent um, releases from Yahoo Search and MSN Ad Center, yeah. uh, the next big thing is combining contextual with behavioral, yep. which is you know, Yahoo and MSN have so much data on millions of people, and they're able to you know, um, track them, uh, or do path analysis on where they're going throughout their network, um, and then they can make the search results even more relevant by um, merging um, uh, behavioral data with um, search queries. So, yeah, and even like I was talking to um, Blue Lithium. They're going to be on my AdTech wrap-up show briefly because they had a really interesting announcement at AdTech. They're going to be on next week on Tuesday. I was talking to them, and they said they have they have they have a view over 51% of all web traffic. So wow. you figure these companies like MSN, like Yahoo, like Google, you know, they're seeing 50, 60, 70% of all the people on the web in, you know, a 90-day period. And so they're matching up that data. So we've we got to keep thinking about that. David, I would like to see you coin the term for this. Because well, you're, you're just on the path to famousness. You, you know, it, it, it would be fantastic for you to leave this legacy behind. You know, you, you just came up with a brilliant idea, and now you're going to keep me up all night thinking of, uh, thinking of uh, you know, what to name it. Well, I know you're a columnist for Adotus, right? I so am. So maybe this is the fodder for your next column. Um, it's a great idea. My column's due in four days. <laughs> there you go. All right. You better send me that column if just, I, just in I'm case my fans will catch it. and ask you for ideas and... Uh, and then I'll write about that. I'll help you. I'll <laughs> help you with anything. So we're going to close this off, and here's my last question for you. Sure. What is your favorite yoga move, your favorite yoga asana? Oh, what do you that... love the most? Well, you know what? I've been doing ashtanga for about, uh, about three years, which is, um, for those people who aren't uh, that familiar with yoga, it's known as power yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after an hour and a half of um, bending and um, standing on my head. Um, I think I like Shavasana, which is, you know, the meditation at the end. That's essentially just lying flat on your back. Yeah, because it's, you know. 
<laughs> if I could lie flat on my back 12 hours a day, I think I would do that. I love it. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> the one that takes absolutely no skill at all is your very favorite. No, but you know what? No, my yoga teacher, she's, she's like a, a drill sergeant. Okay. And after an hour and a half, I just want to lay there. Oh, there is... <laughs> There's no more serious place in the world for yoga, maybe outside of India, than San Diego. No, I think you're absolutely right. And, oh, um, they take it so seriously. Yeah, it, well, Encinitas, Encinitas is uh, probably the yoga capital of the U.S. for sure. I think it is. With, uh, with Yogi, what's his name? I don't even know. Do you? No, but Me I neither. know that my yoga teacher was trained by him. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the, bir- the birthplace of American yoga for sure, huh? Yeah. I know it. Cool. Well, we have a picture of you lying flat on your back on your yoga mat with all your marketing mojo swirling around you. And we're going to leave you with that. And we look forward to next week's column on Adotus to hear if you've come up with some interesting catchphrase for this next generation of very sophisticated marketing, which you're practicing daily, like your yoga. Thanks for coming on the show, and I hope that we'll sell lots of marketing mojo books for you. Susan, thank you so much. This was fun. Good. It's always a pleasure, David. That's it for today. I hope you'll uh, come back and listen to me at 2 o'clock. It's a funky time, not my normal slot. Funky time next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, and then I'll see you next Thursday, 9 a.m. Pacific. Thanks for listening to the show today. This is Susan Bratton, and I'm gone. I am jealous of Katie Kempner. If you're listening to her show, she's got this fabulous kind of hip-hop intro. There are no good songs about Susan. I love Shrek. I'm an ogre. Well, see, you're my kind of guy. You're technical, you're super smart, and you're tall and handsome. We need a little time, you know, to be together. Fantastic. You're too hot not to be married. Some woman snatched you up already, is that right? Fiona and I are married now. And you sound like a Texan. Are you a native Texan? I'm an ogre. All right, will you play a little game with me? Oh, you mean like sorting the mail and watering the plants? You don't have to kiss my butt or anything, don't worry. Ad Tech Connect. Thursdays, following the daily search Only on webmasterradio.fm. Join the club, we've got jackets. WebmasterRadio.fm